All right, welcome to this week's In The Zone podcast. I am joined by Meta World Peace, man. It is great to have you it's here. It's an honor to be here. How's everything going? Everything is great, man. We in the zone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Y'all got a, a rare off day, huh? Yeah. Actually, you know, with Coach Walton, he, he gives you that, that your body rest. You okay. Know? If you're, like, messing around and not playing the game so hard, you know, he'll, he'll make sure we get to practice, but... We've been working really hard, so he gave us a, he gave us a day off. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, tell us. I mean, we got a lot of Lakers fans watching yeah, the yeah. podcast. Do you is your is the future bright for the Lakers? In your opinion, the future is bright. You know, uh, Brandon Ingram is he's coming along really well. Okay, he got better throughout the season. From last year, Russell improved. You know, uh, less turnovers. He still turned the ball over a little bit. Yeah, but it's much less than last year. His body's gotten a little bit better, and he's such a big time player. And Julius gotten better this season, okay. Throughout the season, okay. So now he, the last month he's been hitting like a three, a game, yeah. And that's gonna take the Lakers to the next level. And then you know they have the other young talent. You know uh, these guys are a little bit older, but Jordan and um, Larry now they're twenty, yeah. Yeah. they're twenty four, twenty five. But you know they're still approaching their prime. Okay. You know, so uh, who's going of the young players? If if you had to pick one, who's gonna be the star? Or do you see one? stars? Yeah, absolutely. Like, not just good players, but, like, perennial all-stars on that roster? Well, I think that with time, if this group can stay together, you'll see a Golden State situation. Really? Because you'll see Brandon Ingram start to take over games where there's nothing anybody can do. Okay. Similar to what Stephen Curry is doing. Okay. Right, you'll see guys have no chance. Then um, D'Angelo Russell, you can't make mistakes against him. Similar to, like, Clay Thompson. He's a different player, but you cannot make a mistake – against a, a four-year D'Angelo Russell. Right now he's in his second yeah, year, yeah. right? And then Julius Randle with the improvement. You know, look at Draymond Green pushing the ball. Yeah. Julius had triple-doubles this year. He had eight assists, and he's still raw. So with that being said, you got guys that if they stay together, they'll win and they'll be all-stars. So you're not just saying this because that's your teammates right nah, now? No, <laughs> I'm seeing it. And you see the, you know, uh, Julius was in Houston. He had 30 in the first half against Houston. Yeah. And then yesterday, Brandon had a big game against um, Memphis, and he's got and guys is trying to you know out physical him, and they can't. So he's stronger than he looks. He's he, he's much stronger than what he looks. Much okay. stronger, and and I'm sure everybody that guarded him in the NBA will say Found the same that thing. Out. Yeah. So the, it looks like Magic Johnson and the new regime have their eyes on Lonzo Ball. That's what a lot of people want them right, to get right. Lonzo Ball in the draft. Do you think he would fit in? Like, if he goes to the Lakers, what do you see happening with that? Well, it's only 15 spots on a, on a team, right? So, obviously, you know, you can't have 16 people. So, mm-hmm. if you get a guy at somebody else's position, then obviously things change. The whole dynamic changes. So, I don't Could know. Could they what... move D'Angelo to the two? Could you? Because he played the two a few weeks ago and had, right. like, a big – I can't remember the exact numbers, but he had a big game. Well, That's it... when he had 40. Right, he had That's a big game. Forty, he's, yeah. he's such a good player, but it just depends on you know the coaching style, who they want to draft, you know, are they looking for free agents, you know, and those are questions that I can't answer because I'm not in the front office, right? Yeah. I'm still a player, um, so you know. With that being said, I think that I would just wait to the draft and just you know be as interested okay. as everybody else because I don't know what their plans are. Have you seen much of Lonzo Ball? No, play? Okay. no, I haven't so seen you, him play. Okay. Okay. But I heard his name a lot. I'm sure he's gonna sell a lot of jerseys, you yeah, know. And yeah, uh, yeah. and his dad has the b-ball brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm interested in that because I really think like um, his dad is doing a really good job 
of, of pushing that brand. I think I think it's, if he starts it now, I think he has a chance to build a billion dollar brand. That's what he's trying to do. And I think I think he's on his way. It, it, now, will the fans go out and buy? You know, you know the masses. I don't brand, know. Yeah. Right. Um. It's it's a, it's a niche market. It's only for basketball, or it could translate to football and soccer. Yeah. You know, big ball. It depends on who they sign. But I think he's sitting on a billion dollar brand. So you don't have a problem with him coming out saying stuff like Lonzo's better than Steph Curry or better than LeBron? And, and I have uh, a problem with Michael Jordan. I take that person. He could beat Michael Jordan. Yeah. Because he said, yeah, you have a problem with him saying Michael he could Jordan's beat Michael my, Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's your Michael hero. Jordan, Dennis Rodman. When you say something about Dennis Rodman, like, I start to cry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm emotionally attached <laughs> to Dennis Rodman. And I'm. Um, not as much attached to Michael Jordan, but I'm attached to Michael Jordan also. So when you start mentioning Michael Jordan's name, my childhood hero, <laughs> like I have a problem with that. Um, I do like that he gives his son confidence. Okay. I think that's big for my father. I didn't like that he said at least, you know, something like, you know, my son's has, you know, a fa- at least they have a father in their life. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, everyone yeah. is as fortunate to have a father in their life. Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And yeah. people got to watch what they say sometimes. Yeah. Because I look at my boy um, Thomas Robinson. You know, he grew up without a father. He's not fortunate enough to have a father in his life. You know, and he grew up, you know, under the circumstances of being, you know, um, in environments that's not healthy for yeah. children. Yeah. So not everyone is as fortunate as the Ball Brothers, you know, to have a father yeah. in their life that's supportive. And I think um, Coach Carl said something about that yeah, also, yeah, right? George Carr, and yeah. I think these guys just yeah. making mistakes. They're, they're they're out of touch. They might not mean it negatively, right. but it comes off. It comes off way. bad because a lot of these kids need fathers and they don't have them. So he needs to chill yeah. out on that. <laughs> but everything else, I really enjoy what he's doing. He's fun, and yeah. I think he might have a chance to be a commentator or something. Well, they talking about a reality show. He needs it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's he's ratings galore. That's for he sure. He is, right? He's great. So you mentioned Michael Jordan. Now you obviously everybody knows you from Queensbridge, yeah, New York. Yeah. So you were a Jordan Bulls fan growing yes. up in Queensbridge? Yes. Is that was, how you got so tough having to fight all the time because you was a Jordan fan? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I was a BJ Armstrong fan. Okay. He BJ Armstrong's my favorite player. Why? And because um, I don't know, I just was attached to him uh, from I, Chicago I, or all the way Chicago, back to Iowa. Chicago, okay. only yeah, only Chicago. I never watched college basketball, and so he was my favorite player. Um, and then obviously Michael Jordan, just with the superstar status, he and uh, I was really uh, interested in Michael Jordan because his defense. Okay. When I was young, I didn't really know much about basketball, but I knew that Michael Jordan was tough. You know, uh, he would always guard the best players. I remember one time he had a. A, a, a bunch of games where he was guarding like Steve Smith and he was guarding Glenn Robinson mm-hmm. and or Glenn Rice and he was taking these guys out their game and then giving them 30 on the other side. So I was like, wow, you know, I want I want to be like that. So you like the defense? The wow. defense, yeah, Michael Jordan's defense. Okay. Not so much his offense. I always looked at his defense. I learned a lot on how he used to uh, he used to say when you slide, you know, you want to get your back foot ready to move. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I never paid attention to his offense. I wish I would have, um, but his defense was what really got me. So were you a Knicks fan or a Bulls fan? I'm a Bulls fan. Okay. But I, but fan. when the Knicks played the Bulls, I did want to see the Knicks beat the Bulls. Okay. Okay. Even though I wasn't a Knicks fan, <laughs> I mean I wasn't. I, I didn't choose the Knicks over 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 the Bulls. Yeah. But New York is in my blood. You know what I'm saying? Like if New York is definitely 100 percent in my blood. <laughs> Absolutely. So you also mentioned Dennis Rodman. Yeah. So do you, I mean 
what what's the affinity you see to Dennis Rodman? I love Dennis. I love his story. You know, he grew up um, without parents. You know, um, if you watched Dennis Rodman when he got Defensive Player of the Year mm-hmm. and was in tears, you know, it shows you a guy that is just looking for some type of love. You know, he finally he got something. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And obviously he he's he's still looking for something. You know, throughout his career, you've seen him do things that's yeah. just not you would say not normal. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, before I before I found out the personal side of Dennis Rodman, I really enjoyed how he played the game. He's just diving on the floor, sacrificing everything, you know, yeah. and he inspired me to do the same. So that's why I changed my number to 91, you know, um, and every time I see him, you know, uh, sometimes I call him, he don't answer the phone all the time. But <laughs> I was going to ask, so y'all have a personal relationship, you well, friends? It, it's not too personal because he don't answer the phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's um, – He's my he's my favorite player, you know. I I support him one hundred percent, all the time. There's nothing you can say wrong to me about Dennis Rodman. What about Jordan? You got a personal relationship with him? I don't have a personal relationship with Jordan, but um, I am honored to say that you know I spoke to Jordan on the phone one time. Um, he gave me some encouragement. What, was you were in the league at this point? I, I was with the Bulls. We had an incident, me and Jordan. <laughs> I, I remember um, you broke his ribs. Yeah, and I was I was a little bit hurt by that because that was my favorite player, and I wanted to see him come back and average thirty. Okay, why don't you tell us? Because everybody might not know the story. Yeah, so so what happened was, yeah, so what happened was we was in this Chicago in the summertime playing pickup basketball, and you know I'm super competitive, and then when I see anybody on the basketball court it, at that age, because this was right before when he was coming back to the Wizards. This when he was coming back to the Wizards, okay, and he averaged twenty five that year. Yeah. While taking off three months from a rib injury, he would average 35. He definitely he would average 35. He was so good. So you know, um, at that age when I played basketball, when I sense that somebody is better than me, I, I get I start to have a little fear. Okay. Right, and I go into my street mode. So every time I'm on the court, I'm I'm in I'm in the streets every single time. Yeah. You know, because I've been in incidences where we had to you know sometimes bring guns to the game. You know, because you go to playing some, what in the playgrounds? In playgrounds. Wow. Yeah, so because you, you just never know. Like, if you want to get better, you got to go play basketball. And wherever the game was, that's where we was going. And sometimes we have to go in the hostile and, and neighborhoods. So y'all you know? went packing. We went packing. <laughs> we went strapped. Did y'all ever have to? Some sometimes I mean, sometimes we sometimes we had to, um, sometimes we pulled out a couple times. My boys sometimes. But nobody ever anybody ever get no, shot. No 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 nobody ever got shot. We we had, we had some incidences where uh-huh. we uh, where it could have been to escalated, but. So that's my that's how I grew up playing basketball, and I'm always on the defense. Okay, you know. So when I got a chance to play against Mike, immediately I'm like, I don't give a rat's ass. I'm going. So you in. weren't intimidated that this is my hero. I'm I'm going against Jordan. It wasn't that I wasn't intimidated, but on the court, it's survival. Okay, you know what I mean. So we was going hard, <laughs> and Michael Jordan's crazy. He's he he he's just as crazy as I am. So what was he? What, why you say that? What was he doing? He goes hard. Example. He goes hard. The example is just. 100% every single time, you know? He wasn't taking it easy on no, you. No. Is 100%. he talking junk? Not really talking because I, I didn't talk much, but he was talking trash. Okay. But it's hard to talk trash to me because I'm in your ass every single time. <laughs> you so know what, what I'm saying? What, what I'm in he, your ass every time. Was he saying it? Because I, I remember, remember when the story, I remember when it happened. Right, right, and right. I thought, you know, I was hearing different things that Jordan was talking trash to nah, you. Nah, it wasn't and like that. And then you, you, it wasn't a fight, but that you 
broke his ribs. It wasn't. It wasn't like what everybody reported. People reported it was strictly basketball, okay. and Jordan was holding me. And every time Jordan got the ball, he scored. It was. It was just that simple. So he, I, okay. he scored every single time, <laughs> you know. And I got tired of him scoring. So he was holding me, and I knew if I let him touch the ball, he's going to yeah. score. So I cannot let him touch it. So we, and it was referees. They actually called the offensive foul on him too. On that play. On that play. So he was holding me, and I was, and I moved his arm out the way, and I hit him in the ribs by mistake. And that was like one of the worst days of my life as a basketball player. Wow. One of the worst days of my he life. He went down, and they. Didn't no, he didn't go down. Jordan's crazy. He died. He he died so playing he basketball. So he kept playing. This is what Jordan does. So I hit him in the ribs. He holds his ribs. <laughs> he takes about five seconds. All right, then it's his ball. Um, he ends the game on the jumper, and he walks off. <laughs> <laughs> That's Michael Jordan, man. Wow, Michael Jordan. So you you said when you on the court with somebody and you know they're better, you sense that they're better. You, that's when you get in that survival. Not mode. necessarily better. It's competition. Okay, but I'm not like that no more because I learned how to channel it. And uh, Ray Lewis had a lot to do with that. Also, I learned a lot from Ray Lewis this year. He was I was asking him like, how do so you y'all play? Are close? You and Ray? I'm not close with Ray, but he okay. came and spoke to the team. Okay. And over the year, over the last, I would say, since 2009, since I've been really, really focusing on my therapy, my, my sports psychology, yeah. because I would always bring other things to the game. So I've been, getting, I've been, I've been able to channel my, my energy okay. better. Okay. But Ray Lewis, I asked Ray Lewis, I said, how do you play with that much intensity? You know, I, I see you out there, you're going out there in the beginning of the game, and you're fired up. Like, how, how do you stay focused? Yeah, because if I'm not if I'm not fired up back in the days, if I'm not fired up, any one thing could tick me off. Because I had, you have no control emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Even though you could be as happy, you know, you could be happy and excited and it, and it looks positive, but you know, you still have no control of that emotion. So even if you were happy and excited, something could trigger something you could, to do some, something negative. Right. Like maybe somebody might push you, your elbow, your ref make a bad call, boom, eject it. Yeah. Because like, you have yeah. no control emotionally, you're not stable. Okay. You know, but some people could play at those high levels and. Um, you know, and I was asking Ray, you know, how, how do you do that? And he, he answered that for me. I'm 37, and, and I learned something from him. You know, what a, was as his th- answer? He said, just always put your team first. He said, you know, if you're going to do anything that, could, that you can let down your team, you know, um, that's not being a good teammate. So he said, anytime I would get um, <clears throat> in some trouble, you know, on the field and I can potentially, you know, hurt my team, you know, I would never do that. I always choose my team. And I'm like, Wow. So this year I, I got better, you know, okay. e- even later, you know. I, so now I'm able to, you know, play harder, you know, and, and excited and give 100% and still take it personal, yeah. but without taking it to, you know, to the next level. Was there a part of you when you started your therapy that felt, man, the way I've been doing it is has gotten me to this point, has gotten right, me to right, the right, NBA right, and right, made right. me a great player? You know what I'm saying? Were you, you hesitant to give that up? No, I, I, I was. Um, but now I'm like, okay, the way I've been doing it, I just have to put it into the game, you know, and Kobe does it very well, and Tim Duncan, and I admire those, and Kawhi Leonard. I I, I envy Kawhi Leonard because I want to be just like him. Like, if you watch Kawhi Leonard, you know, um, we similar players at the same age. Yeah, I agree. His game is similar to yours. Similar at the same age, and I'm just amazed on how he's able to be so locked in and play both ends and be so calm, you know? And I wish I could have been like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For for a long period of time in my career. 
You know, now, you know, it's a different point in my yeah. time, and I'm able to teach that to other kids. But I, I, I love the job that he's doing. Emotionally, he's so balanced and yeah. so stable. It's interesting you bring that up because you know this as well as anybody. The year you got the brawl, the yeah. malice of the palace and all that. My MVP, yeah. I was going to say, you were, you were. I mean, it was only seven games into the season, but, but was, you were balling. I was taking You home. were definitely, yeah, in the early MVP. <laughs> so I, do I you, finished six. The year before that, MVP voting. Six and eight, yeah, and that and was, was your average all-star that year. Yeah, and this at 18 year I was, points and six. You, you know what I mean? I was going home with So MVP you felt you were winning it? Absolutely, because I was averaging 18 that year. I would finish six in voting. <laughs> and, I, and I thought Jermaine O'Neal should have got it because we had the best record. Yeah. So I don't want to discredit Jermaine. Jermaine should have gotten MVP he that was, year. Where, he finished higher than you He finished higher than me. He was yeah. like second yeah. that yeah. year. You know, and Jermaine should have got MVP. They took it from him. They gave it to Garnett. Who won it that year? Garnett. I love Garnett. He's a good guy, but... You know, I f we had the best record. Yeah, Every yeah. time somebody gets MVP, it's always the person with the best record. And and we had a we we made so much strides, and they didn't give it to Jermaine. They really they really um snubbed Jermaine. But then the next year, I was I was cooking, and I was yeah, still the best defender in the that. league. Yeah. So that was my goal. And then like it went it just went crazy after that. Do you look back? I, I I'm with you because I was like, man, Ron, he might have been MVP that year. At that time, it was Ron might have been MVP that year? Who knows what y'all would have done as far right, as right, the playoffs right. and all that? How often do you think back, man? What could have been not only that year, but what the More future? Years, you know right. what I mean? Maybe you would have been an MVP again, oh, right, or right, right. All Star every year, all the time. How? All the time, I think about it because when you have a stable player. Um, the league gets behind you, your team gets behind you, and that's what was happening. I had three commercials with the NBA, yeah. uh, you know, um, TNT and ESPN. Um, Larry Bird was bringing me endorsement deals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Larry Bird was supporting me, Sports Illustrated yeah. together. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and um, you know, my coach was really behind me. Recall uh, one of the main reasons I got Defensive Player of the Year. He pushed for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then I was an all-star. So that was going to happen multiple more. That was going to yep. happen more times. Yep. You know, um, should have been a starter, but I wasn't. But, um, and then when you go on, that's what I tell my players all the time. My, I call them my players because I'm the vet. Yep. I, I say, listen, you need to stick with a team. You don't want to be moving. Because right now you're building your legacy. And I know right now you could, there's a lot of young guys and they can have egos yeah. and stuff, you know, and they want everybody want to be the man. It's not about that. I can tell them all the time, weather the storm of the ego. That's the biggest storm. Once you get past that, you're going to be Golden State. Yeah. You're going to yeah. be Golden State, and then y'all going to grow together, and everybody's <clears throat> going to eat, you know. And that's something that, you know, nobody was able to tell me, you know. Uh, they tried, you know, but I, I wasn't listening at that age. Yeah. yeah. You You – Looked like you might have been on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Probably, I, I definitely, probably, I think I would have. I think, I think I would have if I would have been able to have been a, a stable basketball player. Yep. And I still had a pretty good career. You had a really good career. Still yeah, had no a good question. Career. And and correct me if I'm wrong. I look at a lot of the latest New York City products. Yeah, yeah. And they even when guys had good careers, you had a great career. But like you said, it could have been even greater. Yeah. Lamar Odom had a great career. Yeah, I think he could have been a perennial All Star. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Stephon Marbury had a really good career, absolutely. but he could have probably been, you know, even yeah. better. Lance Stevenson yeah. has had his moments, but I see I was a just lot of the, him the other day. Actually, yeah, I, yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of the New York guys, some their own things they dealing with right, that right. kind of keep them from reaching their potential. 
Is that fair to say? And why do you think that is? If that's I, th- the case? I think New York should have its own league. Tell you the truth, it needs its <laughs> own professional league because there's so many great basketball players that you okay. that you can't see. And the problem is in New York when you're hot at eight years old, you got the whole city talking about you. The whole city knows you. You know, at ten and eleven, yeah. and, and now it's more global now. But in New York, is different. The media is different. You're on the front of Daily News. You know, in high so school. So in high school, you getting all types of public everything. But I was able to keep focused, but not everybody can do that. Okay. There's so many great plays that they they get on the Daily News and they just like, oh wow, I made it, and you didn't do nothing yet. Yeah. You know, so we we, we had uh, we had our fair share of great plays. We had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. I'm talking you know, more um, recent. Guys, but recently, you know? it, ha- it hasn't been as good. A lot of this too is because um, they took a lot of the programs away. Yeah. I had PAL. You know, yeah. when I was a kid, I had. Um, CYO, I had um, the New York City Housing League. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had so many different outlets, and it's not the same no more. You know, for the kids. Um, okay. And then a couple of years ago, they took the music out of uh, the, the parks yeah. because they're moving in people from overseas. They're doing the gentrification, and these people are, you know, uh, these uh, new residents are telling our us how to act in our neighborhoods. So when you say the music out of part, like you can't bring boom box, I know During boom the game. are old, but you can't play the music. They was telling us that. Really? Officers will come, shut you down, and maybe you even get arrested if you do if you don't wow. really cooperate. And so, you know, the music is a big part of our culture yeah, and basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It brings the people there and the excitement. Yep. So they took that part of the culture out, which was, um, it goes to show you, and I tell these people all the time, you know, you from the hood, you say you run your block, you paying rent. It's not your block. That's you right. know, it's not your block. Look what they did. They took the music and they, and, and, and they shut down the basketball tournaments. And then they're telling you, you can't be outside past 9 o'clock. I, I used to play basketball at 2 in the morning, mm. shooting and shooting bricks. And then people, <laughs> you know, uh, come o- opening their window. They see it's me, though. Yeah, I'm out yeah. there grinding. So now I got I to gotta hope that the <laughs> shot goes straight in. Because <laughs> it's, it's 3 in the morning. It makes noise, yeah. It makes a lot of noise. That backboard wake everybody up. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and they came and shut that down. And people were not able to play basketball. You know, at, you know, at, at one point in time, they shut the yeah. park down. So, you know, people get, you know, and so the New York basketball player, you know, needs to get back control. The only way you can get control, you know, is if you, uh, you know, understand a little bit more about economics and stuff yeah, because yeah. they shut it down. How much are you, whether it's New York or L.A. or wherever, in the hood, are trying to help people and, yeah. and talking to guys or trying to do things to help the people there? Yeah, I do a lot. You know, I just, the last time we visited Detroit, um, I went to Eminem school. Really? Okay. Yeah, did something there. Um, did you go with him? Or no. Okay. No, I went. Um, I didn't even know it was his school. Okay. But I went to Eminem school in Detroit. Talked to the kids. I was very disappointed in the turnout, and I was disappointed in the, uh, the amount of abandoned homes and the amount of abandoned small businesses and factories. Yeah. I've never seen nothing like it in my life. Yeah. You know, except probably uh, when I went to Nigeria. I mean, when I went to uh, Kenya. You know, but it wasn't as bad, but yeah. it was almost there in Detroit. And then I went back to Detroit again when we played Detroit, and, and I spoke at another school, you know, to the kids. So I'm doing some things in Detroit. And um, so I no longer just look at myself as somebody from Queensbridge, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. That was my whole mindset when I first came in. It was all about Queens, but I'm from Queensbridge, this, Queensbridge, that. Yeah. You know, I just look at myself as a person from, you know, if anything, from Africa, Yeah. right? Yeah. But I like to give back to all, you know, demographics, not just Queensbridge anymore like I used to. Yeah. So I do try to do things in L.A. 
I try to always keep it real, you know, because, you know, if, if I ever fake it, then I can't relate to a kid from the hood, you know? Yeah. And these young kids, they, they wild and reckless now, you know? And um, so sometimes you Wilder gotta, than y'all? These young kids now, <laughs> these... I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that's how we was when we was growing up. Yeah, yeah. They, that's what they were saying that's about what they were this saying, generation. Right? And I'm sure. saying about this generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I always like to be able to relate, you know. Uh, that's why I try not to censor myself, and I try to always try to be as real as possible. Uh, is that part of the therapy you've gone through? Is that what they tell you? Don't don't censor yourself for the most part? Just say what's on your mind and stuff like no, that? The, 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 the therapy that I've gone through, uh, it, didn't, it wasn't really focused on that. It was more focused on uh, balance. Okay. You know, trying to be balanced. And part of that balance is, you know, not being somebody else. Okay. Be, being who you are, you know. Uh, it's very important uh, to be who you are. Because you see a lot of, e even somebody who could be, uh, you know, um, you know, somebody that could have different, just different views and they trying to be someone else. They commit suicide and stuff. You know, yeah, being somebody yeah, else, yeah. you know, could, um, you know, it could impact your life, you know. Did you feel like you were trying to do that? It's a, lot, a lot of times I was. Okay. Even when I first, you know, made it or when I publicly, I thought I had to present an image. Then I was like, at one point I said I want to be like Tiger Woods or Tim Duncan, <laughs> right? Wearing so when suit. was that during your career? During my career, um, before when the, I first the, made the, it, people said you need to wear suits and stuff. Okay. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna change it up a little bit. Okay. And then uh, I'm like, after a while, I'm like, it's so much fake stuff around me. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta keep it street, <laughs> you know. So now I got back into my hood mode. Okay. When you get back to your hood mode, you know. You, you go back to the blocks, and now you're on that Hennessy, and, and, and you're doing other things you did on the block. Yeah. Right? But, it, but and, then, and then you get older, you're like, okay, I got to change my image again. So now I'm back on my Tiger <laughs> Wood, my Tim Duncan, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's too confusing, you know? And I'm like, just be you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just be you. Like, who, who were, what was your favorite thing to do as a, as a child before you was exposed to everything? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, that's, that's the best way I could... Um, you know, put it all best advice I can give to somebody and to myself. So did you coming up you had a lot of anger? Yeah. So where where'd that anger come from? Yeah, I know, right? That's a good question. Where it come from? I think it came from um uh maybe like a lot of disappointment. You know, I definitely from my father and my mom broke up. Okay. How old were you when they thirteen. Okay. That had a lot to do with it. I mean that hurt me that hurt me for a long time. And I would say um a lot of it also was a survival you know, um, a little bit of bullying as a child, you know. You bullied or got bullied? Probably got bullied sometimes, okay. you know. And then it's like, you know, I always told myself, you know, never again <laughs> will I let somebody, you know, yeah. bully me. Never will I let somebody press me. And then, you know, often you find yourself in situations where you might run across some hard gangster dude who yeah. might try to press you. Then you got to press him. You know, now you're in a confrontation. Yeah. And we got you got to show them that listen, this this is not that easy. You know what I'm saying? And when you walk around with that mentality, you know it's, it's kind of stressful because all you want to do so is have all, fun. You're all day you 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 all, on guard. All you, all you, day. All, yeah. Not no more. Yeah, but growing up. Yeah, all, I was I was always on guard. You know. How and, much um, did you fight growing up in Queensbridge? I, I I didn't fight a lot. I had a couple okay. fights, but not a lot. Okay. Not 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 a lot. I was always on the court. We was playing tag as a kid. A lot of tag manhunt. Um, you know, catch one, catch all, playing basketball, playing baseball, okay. you know, um, and then, you know, 
even though it was a it was the, the drug era was crazy back then. Yeah, because we was in prime real estate neighborhood, you know, and Queens was right next to 59th Street Bridge. Yeah, yeah. So all the um, all the dealers was coming into our neighborhood. Okay. You know, back in the days, trying to, you know, um, make sales in our neighborhood. So then you had the drug, you, you had the dealers already in our neighborhood that's trying to oh, secure okay. our neighborhood. Yeah. So now most of the wars came from, you know, um, getting other people outside get out of our neighborhood. That's not from our neighborhood. Okay. You know. Then a lot of snitching going on and stuff, so that was like the era we. That's the era we grew up under, you know. Um, and now, you know, I it, they, they got a better hold on it now. Um, it, it was unfortunate because so many people, you know, lost so much at that time and still stuck in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. No, know nothing about economics, you know. Still have that street mentality. You know nothing about family values. You know the importance on having a, a, a stable family, yeah, yeah. you know, so, and they'll never be able to get that time back. Never be able to get that time yeah. back. Yeah. You know, um, so that's, 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 that's what motivates me now, you know, you know, to this day. So you do a lot of life coaching with players today. Yeah. Do you actually have clients, like guys that you meet with regularly? I, I, do. I, I do. I do have guys. I can't really say I'm a yeah. life, co- uh, life coach or a therapist, but I do have people that I help out in the league. Yeah, a lot of guys under they feel like yeah, I felt the same way you felt as yeah. a younger player and all that stuff. I, absolutely, I do have guys I, I reach out to just make sure they straight. Uh, I was reached out to by a couple people, not not many, but Reggie Miller was like okay. He was the, he he was the main one to mentor you. Tried to mentor you. He, yeah, he 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 was one of the guys that when when nobody else would come close to me. Reggie would come close to me. Okay. Jermaine O'Neal. Were dudes scared of you? They would just didn't know what I was going to do. You know what I'm saying? Nobody yeah. knew what I, what I would do. You know, if I was ready to fight, if I wanted to talk to you, or if you say the wrong thing to me, I'll take so it personal. So even with teammates, you might yeah. go off. Did yeah. you get in many fights? I didn't get it. In practice, I did. Okay. Not like out of practice, but in practice. Uh, and you know what? And uh, you know, uh, we all got in fights in practice. So is, a, is it a lot of fighting practice in the NBA up, in practice? Not, not, not now, but <laughs> back then, <laughs> yeah. just because it was you, or just in general? Oh no, in general, we had we had we had like Indiana Indiana team. We had a lot of nice fights. The real good team, sixty-one win team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? Give me. I, I don't nice know fights. how much you can talk about, <laughs> but like knockdown, dragout fights. Um, I, I guys threw punches before. You know, um, um, it, it was some good fight. It wasn't a lot, but it was yeah. it was very physical. Our practices was uh real, it was harder than the games, definitely. Uh, I've never experienced practices like the Indiana practices. Maybe the Laker practices was tough. Because, when y'all were on the championship teams. Yeah, because that yeah. team was crazy too. Okay. That Kobe, myself, Sasha, Luke, Lamar, um, DJ Benga, Josh Powell, like Bynum, we were we were insane. <laughs> Everybody was crazy. Um, and then the Indiana team, you know, uh, Jamal Tinsley, Jermaine O'Neal, Al Harrington, Steve Jackson. Yeah, me and Steve Jackson in practice is, is not fighting. It's, it's, it wasn't like fighting, but it wasn't it wasn't pretty, right? <laughs> it wasn't pretty. I always think because a lot of times if people hear that, let's say hypothetically, Ryan and Steve, if, if a story broke, they got in a fight or they got in an argument in practice. A lot of people look at that as always a bad thing. Like right, they'll right, never right. be able to play together again. Right, right, it, but it, it's not most of the time. No. It's not that, right? It's like not you're that. still cool, and Absolutely. it don't affect the chemistry of the team or anything. 
like nowadays guys are afraid of the confrontation, but now lately in our practices, it's been really good with the Lakers. Guys is really competing and, and having confrontation and then able to go on the court and be a family. Okay. And that's how we did it in Indiana, you know, even though we don't win a title, we had other issues, but we would, you know, argue or go hard in practice and compete. Compete. Yeah. And then in the game, every single coverage we had each other's back. You know what I'm saying? Which is very important. The mental yeah. toughness part of it. And and, and and we never failed each other with the, with the, with the coverages that Coach Carlisle okay. or Isaiah Thomas had in place, you know? Yeah. We was able to come together on the court. And, and, that's, and that's all that matters. And you look at the Detroit Pistons team. Same thing. Yeah. With Isaiah Thomas and you know, uh, their practices were crazy, yeah. you know, and and uh, and people didn't like Bill and Bear. But you know what? You know, when they got on that court, they did what they had to do. Yeah. Now, I, I'm imagining you and Kobe went at it in practice. Me and Kobe had some nice days. <laughs> I love Kobe, man. What was it like going against him? And does he talk a lot? Does Kobe he... talks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe. So, what's, he, what's he saying to you in practice? Kobe I remember is. when you said... <laughs> You, you couldn't believe he went at you when y'all weren't even on the same team. You yeah. said, I'm Ron Artest. <laughs> like, but he he's fearless like that? Kobe's fearless. Absolutely. You know, um, he loves the game too much. You know, the game is, you know, you have to take his life to take that game from him. Mm. At that point, you know, um, he really would die for the game. You know, and, and we had great practices where we're competing against each other. And most of the time we were on the same team because we were the starters. Okay. But... Sometimes Kobe would go on the other team. And that's what I would do sometimes too. Not with the Lakers, because I wanted to kind of just stay, you know, in sync with what yeah. they wanted to do. But when I was at on other teams, I would always go to the worst team, you know, in practice yeah. and, and and try to beat the, the beat whoever was the best. Yeah. And that's what Kobe would do. And me and Kobe had a lot a lot of, you know, uh, we were very physical in practice. Very, very physical. Any um you've guarded all the you know, greats of this era, Jordan, yeah. going back to the last era, but Kobe, yeah. LeBron. Who's the toughest guy you guarded? So, I, you know, Jordan, obviously, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Durant. In that order? No, not, 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 <laughs> not in that order. And it could be in that order. They're all, they're all tough. They're just so different. There's not one you'd say was tougher to guard or was, was better, but, I guess. Jo- Jordan, Jordan was strong. He, Jordan, he, had, he, he, was, he was definitely stronger than Kobe. Okay. You know, not by that much, but definitely stronger, you know, than Kobe. They had similar moves. You know, obviously Kobe was more, he had more of that street ball in him. Kobe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kobe had more of the street ball with the fundamentals. Jordan, I think he was just all fundamentals and, and, and just get right to the point. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jordan get right to the point. And when I guarded Jordan towards the end of his career, he was tough. So yeah. I measured that against the guys that I guarded in their prime. You know, for me, I think Jordan was the toughest. Okay. As an older player, the as, older Yeah, Jordan. even as an older, yeah. older player. He, he was tougher as an older player than, than some of these guys, wow. you know, as, in their prime. Kobe was, Kobe was just amazing. It was, you know, I, I wasn't successful enough against Kobe. And then, um, and then I would say LeBron. I had some good nights against LeBron okay. defensively. And then I had some good nights against Durant. But they had their nights, too, where they – you know, went off yeah, for yeah, 30 yeah, balls yeah. and all that stuff. What's LeBron, I mean, he's bigger than yeah. any of the other guys you, and bigger than you. What's it like guarding him? LeBron, it, the, the thing about LeBron is he's very unselfish, right? So he can pass the ball yeah. 
And when I got LeBron, I used to always want him to shoot. And, 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 yeah. But he would just make the right play. Yeah, yeah. He's legendary. He made the right play, and it's really hard to guard. He's a team player. Then at the end of the, the, the game, you know, he's finishing with the win. His teammates are happy. You know, he's being aggressive. He's passing the ball. You know, and now he's even a better player. You know, yeah. so Le- LeBron, you know, he was real unique in where some of the other All-Stars, they will always try to take it uh, personal and go at me. I forced him into misses all night. They just yeah. miss him all yeah. night. And But LeBron was, you know, he was unique, but he would just make the easy pass. What do you think LeBron's one of many players, it's not just him, but the w- players on the Warriors, players on the Spurs, Memphis's rest- rested players. A lot of teams yeah, yeah, are rested yeah, yeah, players. Yeah. What's your take on resting players, healthy players? Yeah, um, I think rest is important because at the end of the but, day. But like during the game, you, so you don't mind guys resting if they they're healthy? To. They have to rest. I know you want to buy your tickets and you come into the game, but you know what? It's come earlier in the season. <laughs> The guys well, yeah, rest. I, at the <laughs> end, but I mean, like, like a game in December, if it's important, if that star, people come to see Meta World Peace, right? And you rest in that day, so you think it's all right though for players to do that? Yeah, it's, it's important, you know, and you can't make a bad a habit out of it. But yeah. if you're trying to win a title, you know, um, and rather than risk a game where you can heal, because your body always have to heal. And that's how people get hurt when they don't rest. Yeah, you know, um, it's very important that you rest. You know, when you're when you're trying to play for for the bigger picture. One thing about most of the all-time greats, maybe all of them, is they they've stayed relatively healthy in their career. It's one yeah, thing yeah. to break your leg where you can't control that, but you don't see a lot of the greats with a hamstring, right, right, or right, right, sore. You know, it's just little nagging injuries. Right. How much does lifestyle play a part in that? Yeah, lifestyle is important. You know, I, I think you know the better you treat your body, the, the better your body will treat you. You know, um, you're not sleeping, you're not getting no rest. You're up late night. You know, guys make a ton of money, so you know, who knows yeah. what's going on in guys' life or yeah. in their mind. You know, but at the same time, you got to put the game first, especially when you're playing for something. You know, uh, you know, if you have an unhealthy lifestyle, you know, I think um, alcohol has a lot to do with injuries. Okay. You know, when you drink alcohol. How much is there a lot of alcohol drinking? I don't know. In the NBA? I, I, I don't know, but I know for me personally, when I was in, in my prime and I would go out and drink some alcohol, I would always have these nagging injuries really? okay. inflammation in the knees, tendonitis, back injuries, you know. And then when I got older and I stopped that lifestyle, I feel better now than I did when I was 25. Really? Yeah. When'd you stop? What year? You know, stop. I, I guess so. You don't drink anymore. It, it, it slowly went down. Okay. I, I I have a drink every now and okay. then, but not getting drunk and. But all not. But I, I have my nights. Okay. My, my my summer times is. My summer <laughs> times are epic. Yeah. My, my off season, I like, it's calculated. So in the off season, I like to give myself three nights where I get hammered. Just three nights. Three That's nights. It. The whole off season. Whole whole off season. Okay. I like I like to and I plan it out, you know, and I make sure during the season. Everything's off. Okay. A month before the season, nothing. Everything stops. And even throughout the summertime, I'm not even drinking consistently. Okay. Right? So and then during the season, I'm able to, you know, do all the drills everybody else do, you know, and, and work just as hard as anybody else. You know, at, at this age, you know, um, the reason I don't drink during the season is because the recovery. I can't, re- I can't recover fast enough, okay. you know, if I'm drinking and I have a, I have a practice. And I want to be effective in practice, mm-hmm. you know. 
So, you know, the alcohol, it doesn't give your body a chance to recover, you know? What so is, even in the summertime, if you're trying to get better yeah. and you're out partying all summer, you know, you're not going to get that much better, you know, uh, because your body, you can't push your body to the limit, yeah. you know? So that's why, you know, I calculate, you know, my nights out, you know, so, in the summertime. So tell what's what's one of those three nights look like? Like, what's, yeah. the, what's the... Oh, yeah, yeah. You go to Vegas, you go, you know, yeah. like, what does it look like? Well, definitely um, is uh, Uber everywhere. Okay. Smart. <laughs> or Lyft. Actually, yeah. I like, you know, maybe Lyft. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, cabs, you know, uh, no, no no driving. So you, you, know, you make you make enough money where you can get yeah. a driver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make enough money where you can get a driver. And then, no, not, not really with a crew all the time. Sometimes okay. it'll be a couple of us. Okay. And um, I like to have one night where I just can't remember anything. <laughs> you got to have them nice, you know. Um, and then um, the cool thing is, you know, back in the days, it was a, it was a, I had a, not a problem, but it was a, it was a consistent party and lifestyle. Well, there was a story that when you were in Chicago that you were drinking before games. Remember that? Or locked in the halftime. I don't know if it was true, but mm. you remember that story was, it was out there. It was a little too much alcohol as a, young, as a youngster. Okay. A little too much. You know, and it was just consistent. Off season, you're working out hard, you're training, but then you go out that night, you have a little drink. Yeah. You have another little drink. Then during, then during the season, you go out when you land, you have another drink. You know? Yeah. And, okay, how are you going to maximize your potential with that lifestyle? You can't. Yeah. You can't. And you might be, you might be talented enough where you can score 30, but... But then your career's gonna go boom. It's gonna, it's gonna shoot down all of a sudden, and that's why I'm I'm not declining like that fast. Yeah, yeah. It's a slow decline. <laughs> it's a decline. So, but it's very but it's very slow. The great players you know don't live wild lifestyles like that. I can't say like that. that. I don't okay, know. You know. I I don't know if they do or they don't. Uh, and some people are just that good and that talented. Yeah. You know, uh, at the end of the day, if you have a talent. It don't matter what you do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Some people are like you know are just talented where they can drink. And have forty the next night. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, um, for your body, for your health, after you retire, you know, um, when you when you stop playing the game, and you're drinking, your metabolism is going to slow down. Oh, yeah. the, the alcohol is going to slow your metabolism down, while your age is going to slow your metabolism down. So now, you know, your body's not even healing. Mm -hmm. Now you're not even looking healthy, right? And you know, it's you have life after basketball too, and that's what that's what motivates me. Yeah. You know, to, to to live a healthy lifestyle because, you know, I want to go to the beach, you know, after <laughs> this good. and look good. <laughs> I want to get up in the morning with my kids. Yeah, I want to I want to go jogging and ride my bike. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what motivates me. What is it like when you come into the NBA? All of a sudden, you rich, you a millionaire, yeah. and you know the world is at your fingertips. Right, right. How I don't know tempting is you know, but it's it's got to be tough for a young tempting. kid. You know, everything's tempting. You know, um, people lose their families. You know, I, I lost my family in the NBA. You know, yeah. I got here and, you know, like I tell people, and I was with my wife, my first wife. She's the first person I've ever been with. When I, and when I got exposed to Chief different things. She from Queensbridge? You from know, from, okay, okay. And when I got exposed to different things, you know, right? You just, you know, everything's tempting. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like people you've never seen, you know, ethnicities you've never seen before. And, 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 and if, you, if you don't have that family background, that strong father, you know, where, you hey, son, this is what's important in yeah, life. Yeah, I yeah. tell my teammates that all the time. Don't risk your family for nothing. I tell me all the time. Don't risk your family. It's not worth it. Because when you're done with this, 
you know, you're going to want to be with your family. Yeah. Now, yeah, I got a, a great girlfriend now. You know, she's yeah. cool, and I'm very happy. But at the same time, I always tell my teammates, you know, don't have a baby unless you're ready. If you're not ready, you know, just have a bunch of fun. <laughs> have a, you <laughs> know, protect yourself. But don't be, you know, don't go out there and then, you know, have to make, have, make a family mm-hmm. and then, then break the family up. It don't make mm-hmm. sense. Just go have a ton of fun. Have 10, have ten girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> just tell, tell all 10 you're not committed. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, be honest just with do them, it. Right? Yeah. 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 What, what, what's the best kept secret in the NBA? The best kept secret? Um, hmm. It's, a, it's so, I wish they had, I, me it's personally, it's a lot. And me personally, like, I don't mind being open. <laughs> I wish they had cameras. But, you know, some people probably wouldn't want fun things to get out. But the NBA is great, man. It's, we have so much fun, man. And, um, you know, if people wasn't so sensitive in this day and time, you know, it would be a great reality show, man. Just like in the NBA locker room or something. It's great. So much fun. We have so much fun. And granted, you know, this team, we're, we're a losing team. We're not one of the best teams and yeah, we're young. Yeah. We have so much fun, man. And Just ranking people, on each other and stuff like that? The or? jokes are crazy, you know, um, and people missing out. <laughs> people missing out. <laughs> Who's the dude in the league, the best, you know, cracking on guy? Like, he's known that you don't want to mess with him as far Great as ranking jokes. or cracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Well, on our team, Lou Williams is pretty good. Really, Lou Lou, Lou Williams is pretty good. He pretty he pretty good. He can come back real real quick. Um, Nick Nick is pretty good. Yeah, I Nick imagine. Nick is consistent. <laughs> so it's like he wears you out mentally. Right? You can't just you know. So Nick is just, he's not the he's not the funniest. Yeah. As far as the jokes, we have some other funny guys, but Nick is real consistent. <laughs> That's um did Nick Nick and D'Angelo they had that thing last yeah, year. Yeah, is yeah. all that they patched that up, they cool. I mean, or? I don't know about what they did personally. Yeah. You know, as far as you know what happened. Uh, they bought the brother, they patched it up, but you know, it's great. They they have a good good relationship. And uh, it was a tough time for both of them. Because D'Angelo's getting a lot of negative yeah, yeah. you know, f- feedback and then Nick lost a family, you know, so it was bad for both of them. Uh, you know, more more bad for Nick. You were obviously known as one of the toughest, if not the toughest guy in the league during your career. Who who would you say was the toughest guy in your opinion? Maybe outside of you in the league. Um, in uh, on on the court, both on the court, off the court, if if you know. Um, so Stephen Jackson, one of the guys I thought okay. was real tough uh, on the court, mentally great teammate. Okay, you know uh, he 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 was tough, and a lot of people respect Stephen. Steven Jackson, he, he, he's probably one of my favorites. Um, as far as on the court and mental toughness, um, Shane Battier was probably one of my all-time favorites. Okay. Obviously, Kobe. Kobe's on another level, right? Yeah. But, but Shane, Kobe, Derek Fisher, those three guys stand out. They, okay. Mental toughness, I, I can't, I, I don't know who's tougher. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to say because that's Kobe Bryant, all-time great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Shane, um, Derek Fisher, and Kobe, I just don't know who's tougher. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you, you want to coach. You want to get into coaching, right? Absolutely. Are you, do you, have you decided, are you retiring after this no, year? No, I want to – well, I'm at 18 years. They, they took the one year for the brawl. Yeah. You know, they, so took they took that, that whole year? They took that year. Yeah, so. And then the one year I went overseas, that wasn't my fault. I was better than – the majority of small forwards, mm. 
So for me, I'm gonna count that. You know, I, I just <laughs> I just can't make a team. There's no way there's ten yeah. small forwards better than me, even right now. You know, so I, I want to do two more years. You know, that'll be that'll give you me. You think two, it'll be with the Lakers or that'll be twenty years professional. I I, I hope so. You know, uh, but I don't know. You know, whatever best for the Lakers. You know, uh, I'm for, and you know, who who knows what the Lakers are gonna do. But preferably, yeah, with the Lakers. And then after that, maybe get into the coaching? Right after that, I want to get into the coaching. Head coach, is that your dream? My dream is to be a head coach in the NBA. It's okay. fun. You know, it's fun. I, I really enjoy it. You know, my, you know, uh, definitely one day I would like to be, be a head coach. I know you have a lot of interest in things you like to talk about outside of sports. So what, what are some of those things? Yeah, I'm really interested in, like, in the politics, you know, uh, the economics, you know, um, you know um, really st- – Talking about economics, things I didn't learn, things I can give back, you know, to kids, you know, things I can give back to families. You know, I'm really interested in families because I grew up in a broken family. Uh, And just because you don't grow up in poverty, it doesn't mean that having a broken family is just not as tough. Yeah. You know, because you see a lot of people with broken families in in these psychiatric wards and they just can't recover, you know. So I'm really interested in that. And uh, a, a lot of social issues and, and, and a lot of groups, you know. Uh, I'm really, I, I like to talk about, you know, the, the, the gay community a lot. Just the, the, uh, the conversations that's happening, okay. you know. Um, I like to talk about um, the, the race issues a lot, you know, um, on both sides, you know, on, on black side, white side, Asian side. You know, there's a lot of racism out there, mm-hmm. you know, in these different countries. So I, I always like to speak about that, you know, and... Um, and those are like the three main. Those are like the, the main things I'm focused on. So when you, with the racial issue, obviously a lot of the social, you know, players were doing Colin Kaepernick, right, and even NBA players, uh, Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony having the meetings. What was your take on athletes and the social issues, particularly when it comes to race and stuff like that? Yeah, well, I, I think like, you no, know, you know, for one, um, the athletes were right. You know, athletes got it right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's been going on for a long time. You know, on average, you look at the NBA fan, and as a kid, black kid from the hood who's experienced racism, once I go into the NBA at 19 years old and see all these white people in the stands, like, I feel a certain way. So how'd you feel? Right? What was I, that like? At, at a young kid, I'm like, wow, so many white people. I've never seen so many white people in my life. <laughs> right? Yeah. I grew up in a black neighborhood yeah. with Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, and blacks. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and then... You know, all white people got a bad rep. You know, so it's you like me. It's like me got a bad thing. rep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my mind, they have a bad okay. rep. Okay. You know, until you meet people. Um, when I was younger, I wasn't as you know um, comfortable around gays. You know, because in my mind, they had a bad rep. Mm-hmm. You know, in my in my neighborhood. And as you learn about different people, you know, and you become friends with different people in different groups, you know, uh, you know, and you're able to speak more educatedly, more intelligently on things, and you not and you don't put everybody, you don't give everybody a label. Mm-hmm. You know that's why I hate labels. You know when people gave me labels, you know mm-hmm. I don't like to give other other people labels. You know and so you know like I said, the athletes got it right, um, but you know I hate when people say all people's races or all people's this, all people's that. Yeah, it's, not, it's just not true. Yeah. You know, um, uh, but are some people? Yeah, some people are. I would but, have to go now. Overseas. MVP. That's a big discussion right Westbrook. now. Westbrook, no question. And I feel I feel bad for Harden. Yeah, I feel bad for Harden. He's playing great. I'm the same. But way. Westbrook, when you when you do what Oscar Robinson did, like I you're agree. special. I agree. You know, like did you ever think you see somebody average a triple double? No, I never thought I'd see it. And, and Westbrook, like if he does this, 
you have to move him up on the uh, all-time great list. Like, move him up somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Where? I don't know where you want to move him, <laughs> but just put him up right now. <laughs> yeah, triple double. Because that's amazing. Yeah. But Oscar got a ring. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so he got Westbrook, one ring. He needs to win a ring. Like, his next phase in his life that goes to win a ring by any means necessary. What was your feeling on KD going to the Warriors? Did you? A lot of people had their opinions. Some people thought it was a chunk move. Right, right, you know, right. What, what was your take? I think one, he, you know, he, he probably they didn't want to be in Oklahoma. You know, I think two is it, what he wanted. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of the owners sometimes, you know, they traded Michael Jordan. They didn't, they didn't renew Michael Jordan's contract. Like, yeah. they got well, he retired. He, he retired. He retired, but yeah. but he wanted certain things, you know, yeah. and that's Michael Jordan. You know, uh, so the, sometimes the owners they'll do what they want to do, mm-hmm. or the general managers. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll trade people that don't even yep. know they're going to be traded. Yep. You find out on ESPN. <laughs> people find out when they at shoot-around, they'll find out, hey, you're traded. You find out on a plane, you're traded, yep. right? And the fans, they, they have no sympathy towards that. So Durant leaving, I'm fine with. Right. Let me ask you this. Phil Jackson, what was it like playing for Phil? Phil was great. He's life-changing. In what you know? way? Just, you know, how you think about life, you know? I got to Phil when you know, I was still – trying to search a little bit, yeah. you know, and I still had other things in mind, you know, for my future. Okay. You know, Phil made me think about my future differently, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, just the way he coaches, he's not coaching just basketball, he's coaching you, yeah. you know, um, at the same time. And I don't know if he's doing that on purpose, but he's definitely preparing you for life, Okay. you know, while he's coaching. And um, so I appreciate that with Phil. Um, people might not know you cut that uh, album, rap album, a few years ago. I remember it, True Warrior. Yeah, it was called My World. Yeah. I did two albums last you did, year. You did two last year? Yeah, during, during the season, I did two albums. During You did two during the season? And I just did one just now. <laughs> so so I, I you got four like albums that. out? I did, I, I, did, I did three albums in this last year. <laughs> Hip-hop. Hip-hop, yeah. So are people like... It's on iTunes. I see, I, or it's on iTunes. Okay. See, I don't promote it like that because, like, during the season, you know, I don't want to be like promoting my album too okay. much. But I just put it out there, and and that's it. You know, sometimes like I do small, intimate events. Okay. You know, like fifty people, hundred people, I perform. Okay. You know, and that's it. I'm the, I'm not really. So you just it do hard. it more for your fun or love, or you would you actually like to kind of be known as a rapper? It, it doesn't really matter to me if I'm known or not. You know what I'm saying? But I do like to go into the studio and, uh, and have some fun. I mm-hmm. do like to go into the studio, have fun, and and put the music out. Because I got yeah. so much music that I have in my hard drives. That That's not even out. It's not even out. It's like I'm not going to do nothing with them, you know? So at this point in time, I, I like to do it, package it, put it out. Do it, package it, put it out. You think of it's just hard for an NBA player to ever be known as a great rapper? Not, not really. We have some great ones. Okay. We got Damian, Damian Lillard. Damian, yeah. Yeah, Lou Williams is my favorite. Really? Yeah, okay. he's my... Um, actually, Iman Shump is my overall favorite because Iman's a great uh, director. Okay. So Iman's a great, uh, you know, um, video director. Oh, okay. He's a great writer. You know, um, he's the most creative to me. I don't think there's anyone more creative than uh, Iman. I think Iman could be a star if he really wanted to. Really? I think he it has It seems like people won't accept an NBA player, though, as a great rapper. No, they will. You know? The problem is we have a... We have, we're on tour on a basketball season. So I found out when I go on tour for music, I get more fans. Really? We just can't, we just don't have the luxury of going on tour. Yeah. Now we could go into a city, say New York versus 
Miami, we get in Miami. We could do a show, but now you're up. Then the media's talking, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just not good for the team. At the end of the day, it's not good for your rest. You're there to play basketball. So, like, at this point in time, like, when you retire, I think that's your best shot. Okay, okay. You know, to do it. Or in the summertime, you could be like, you could be a summertime rapper, but only for like a month where you have time. You yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so tough because you're That's scheduled. the reason. Yeah, yeah. It's not because of talent. Or it's not, I'm not going to blame the fans saying the fans don't like you. They that's not true. They will accept it. They okay. will accept it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Last thing, top five rappers of all time. Yours. Oh, is this rappers? Yeah, yeah. Cannabis? Oh, really? Number one? Number one. Really? Okay. Cannabis, Cannabis amazing. Um... Um, cannabis tragedy, Gaddafi. Okay, so you going real like yeah. underground? You ain't you ain't judging it on record sales. Yeah, not on record sales. <laughs> Everybody, people know tragedy, Gaddafi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Eminem, Nas, Nas is great. Yeah. Um, Slick Rick. Okay. Yeah, okay. Slick Rick, amazing. Okay. You know, um, and uh, and I, I really enjoy listening to them. You and then you got you, know, you got Jay Z, you got Pac and Big yeah. I, I like those guys too. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> man, thank you for Definitely. joining us in the zone, man. It's been yeah, great. It's been great. Thanks for having and me. And I look forward to watching you the next few years. Yeah, and yeah. Try to finish seeing you off. the coaching and all that. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, brother. Peace. <laughs>